Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. First of all, I want to apologize. When you were leading worship, I got a conversation with the Word of Faith man. And uh, we were ha- it's important that we have that conversation. We should have waited till after service, but I'm, I'm going to have, I was going to have a shortened time, but by the pastor giving it to me uh, plenty of time, I should have time to visit and pray and counsel or whatever uh, anybody wants. But we were talking about. <laughs> okay. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's easy for you to say when you know I got a flight to catch in Boise at 245. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, I want to tell you, I, I, I understand the word of faith. I used to preach it. And I'm gonna, I preach something else now, and I think it, it's, it's going to be very meaningful to you. But that doesn't mean the word of faith message is wrong. Uh, there's a balance to it. Just like everything, there's a balance. There's grace. And there's works, there's heaven, there's hell, <laughs> there's repentance, and, and there's justification. And so uh, to find the balance of Christianity is, is one of the hardest things in the world. Now, uh, that's one reason God gave pastors and evangelists. Uh, evangelists come in like a bull in a china closet, and then the pastor has to clean up the mess. <laughs> and... Uh, and, and he's more gentle and loving and patient, and I'm less gentle, less loving, and less patient, but I'm doing what I'm supposed to, and he's doing what he's supposed to do. So anyway, uh, I, I, uh, a Christmas, maybe three Christmases ago, I forget, uh, my son-in-law and I both got this horrible, probably a stomach flu, maybe it was food poisoning, but everybody's enjoying Christmas, and we're absolutely miserable, throwing, uh, just horrible, uh, I, I'm usually, I can usually function even with, with sickness, but I couldn't then. And uh, by the way, I, I just saw the biography of, uh, of uh, Livingston, what's this, David Livingston. Oh, you got to read it. You talk about a giant man. He kept ministering when he had malaria. Well, most people are all but done. He'd keep going. Fearless man. Go into native tribes, meet the chief. He could have cut off his head. But anyway, I'm, I'm inspired by that. So we all have our ministry. But anyway, I called up a word of faith man. He, he's so full of faith. And he told me what to do. So I began to do it. He said, you know, you know, confess the word and rebuke it and deny the symptoms and praise God and all those things. So I, I talked to him later, and I, I told him, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I wasn't able to get the victory over it. He said, well, he said, it works if you work it right. See, that is pure works to me. If I have to perfectly do a magic formula, or, or there won't be any magic, then it's, that's a virtual equivalent of works. And so... Uh, so anyway, I just, just kind of got away from it. But uh, I realize now, you know, when you're in good health, but I realize now that because of the aging, if there's any promise, if there's any possibility for me to slow this process down for the sake of my ministry, then, then I want to do it. So I'm, so I'm going to find promises in that, and I'm going to see what I'm supposed to do and, and I'm, again, I'm not saying word of faith men are wrong and, and four squares right. We all have a piece of puzzle. There's some big healthy balance, but I'm going to seek it out. And I'll be sharing one of the things that, that God has revealed to me, I believe. That's not new with me, but it's become a great reality in my life. That's praying the word. Even if you don't have faith to confess things. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. If the word said you can still speak the word, and still put that in your mouth. So anyway, we'll get to that in just a moment. Let's see, we have two people who weren't here before, so I have to uh, tell them about my books. These are my two books that I wrote since the last time I was here. This is my autobiography. This is my wife and, and uh, me uh, half a century ago. Uh, she's changed quite a bit. I, I haven't changed a bit. But anyway, it has... Uh, 
Okay, that's to remind you. Okay, she's going to do me a little favor, put my uh, Coke Zero. By the way, if you're going to drink Diet Coke, drink Coke Zero. It's got less caffeine. Lord knows we all get enough caffeine in our coffee and other things. So anyway, uh, (laughs) (laughs) now of course, uh, Coke's not good for you. uh, Sodas are not good for you. But, uh, you know, it's the 80-20 rule. 80% of your diet is good, and then you fudge every now and then. So anyway, don't let me forget anything here. So uh, this will help you. It's funny. It's interesting. I tell story after story. And at the end, I tell you how to lead souls to Christ. So I've got about uh, six of them, five or six of them left. So uh, please buy one, they're $10. And then uh, is my latest book, Miracles Are Your Destiny. And I wish I had time to explain. Well, let me just say this, that is a display case at uh, the parsonage of Amy Selma McPherson, one of the greatest healing evangelists in American history. Four out of five people were healed in her. People would come in ambulances. They'd put them up along the front and Amy would lay hands on them. Many of them would just send the ambulances home. What a heritage in the four square church we have. And we haven't changed a bit, have we? Lord help us. (laughs) But anyway, uh, this is a display. Those are people, canes and Really weird-looking stuff before modern plastic, but anyway, people who are able to discard uh, prosthetics. Is that what they call them, prosthetics? And uh, so anyway, uh, it tells the story. That uh, played an important place in my life. I saw that when I was an unsaved teenager. I was looking at that. Little did I know that was my destiny. So anyway, it's how to heal the sick, how to cast out devils, how to prophesy. Did anybody read the chapter yet on haunted house, the haunted house? It's worth the book just to read that because your evangelist had an opportunity to minister to a haunted house. Actually, the house wasn't haunted. It was uh, the daughter and the mother. (laughs) And, uh, you know, do you really think demons are interested in sticking around some boring house? They, 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 They hate the people but they'll manifest through this house. So anyway, you read this, it'll be interesting. I'll be honest, it's not quite as much fun as my autobiography, but uh, uh, it's a worthy read, and this one's 15 bucks. 10 for this and 15 for that one, 26 for both of them if you take them together. And I'll take a, a cash, I'll take a credit card, I'll take a debit card, I'll take a check, and if you're not prepared, in fact, I'm sorry, I don't have enough of these. I'm going to have to mail you one. So you'll have to pay me or just give me your address. Say, bill me later. That's fine. I'll trust you. Though it's surprising how many people forget <laughs> to pay. But it's still worth it to get this in your hands. I'll get, as soon as I get home, by. Uh, I don't know if I can do it on Monday, but I'll get it to you very shortly in the mail. And uh, it'll be a blessing to you. And it'll bless my ministry. I don't make money from these books. They go to my ministry at the back after the service. Okay, who wants to hear something funny? I'll try this out on you. This may not be as funny as the other two, but I, I, I still think it's worthy. Just remember, every silver lining has a cloud. <laughs> See, there's the, there's the, what's it called, uh, half cup empty and half cup full. Living beyond your means takes twice as much money as it used to. Money used to talk, then it whispered, now it just sneaks off. (laughs) My chiropractor's no comic, but he really cracks me up. I've been to chiropractor. It's hard to believe that that is really helping, you know, especially when it hurts so much. Uh... My New Year's resolution is to get better at pretending to know the words to all dang Zine. <laughs> My wife and I have decided we don't want any children. If anybody else does, we can drop them off tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Never approach a bull from the front, a horse from the rear, or a fool from any direction. Nostalgia is like a grammar lesson, present tense and past perfect. <laughs> Research has determined that the shelf life of fruitcake is longer than the shelf. I used to get fruitcakes for people for Christmas. and You know, in my, I'm just not the only transparent person in our family. It kind of runs in the family. <laughs> so one time I went to my aunt's house. It was a surprise birthday party for her, and I knocked on her door. First thing she said is, well, well why didn't you call and tell me you were coming? So anyway, her son uh, uh, wrote and told me, he said, uh, don't give people fruitcakes for Christmas, you know. So I don't, but anyway. Uh, research, uh, I already said that. So what if I can't spell Armageddon? It's not the end of the world. <laughs> Those are good, but not quite as funny as the others. Pastor, put this stuff, please, back on the shelf for me. <laughs> this slippery thing is so ridiculous. <laughs> Here you go. There we go. That's why I put all my stuff in the binder. Yeah, that's... The, now, well, you're, you're smarter than I am. Oh, by the way, you, you, I just realized you said you wrote a third book. I don't have that third book yet, so do you have any copies here? Yeah, I thought I gave it to you last time. Our Greatest Entertainment. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, then what was your second book? Hope for Families. And what was your first? Two Oh, okay, okay. I tell you, well, I don't remember if I have all of them. I'll tell you why. I have in my office books are stacked up. Some are in boxes, some in this box, some, in, and so I, I can't remember if I if I got the first or the second one. But I'll tell you something. I don't read many books anymore, and I'll tell you why. And I got, but, but forgive me for this confession. I virtually forget everything I read. So. Uh, <laughs> But I'm going to change that by the grace of God. Now, that's why when you read a book, you have a pen and you mark stuff that's important to you. I'm going to talk today on prayer. Is that okay if a Pentecostal evangelist preaches on prayer? And the uh, title of my sermon is F-I-T-T. I was uh, at a gym in Boise, Idaho. I've been working out for nearly two decades, in fact, maybe two decades. I believe, short of faith, brother, I couldn't be here today if I hadn't gone to gyms and, and run. I mean that sincerely. I'd be in my easy chair saying, Kathy, please bring me a drink of water. But thank God he led me to uh, exercise supernaturally. I have enough time to tell you I was sitting on a plane and I was, uh, this is maybe two decades ago, and I was sitting next to a man who was a physical trainer. He was such an expert that, as I recall, he was going to train professional football players on how to exercise proper. So I told him, I, I said, listen, I just go home. I was exhausted so much of the time. Now, I've read that uh, exercise increases your stamina, but I've also read you should never exercise when you're exhausted. He said, it's just the opposite, just the opposite. If you wait till you feel like exercising, you're never going to exercise. If you wait till you feel like eating broccoli, you're never going to eat broccoli, unless you're one of those rare ones that loves it. It's the closest thing to eating a weed stock there is, but, but I eat a lot of it because it, it, it tastes better than cancer, I promise you. So anyway, uh, I... Uh, Realized then, okay, I need to do that. So I started making myself lift weights when it was all I could do to force myself to go. I would run, and I'm not exaggerating. There were times I just had to force myself to lift one foot over the other. And it's paid off. It's paid off. And I thank God for that. But So I was at a gym in Boise years later, and I'm talking to the uh, trainer, he said, the effectiveness of your workout is an acronym, F-I-T-T. -T. F is the frequency of your workout. Do you work out once a day? Twice a week, three times a week? Frequency. 
I is the intensity. Do you lift five town dumbbells? I was in gym the other day. And a woman, a young woman, maybe 25, she had five pound weights on this, uh, what do you call this? I usually put 100, no, for this, like this. Five pounds, I guess it's better than nothing. Uh, I, I at one time was using 60 pound dumbbells, two 60 pound dumbbells for many of my workouts. Now I, I just use straight 35 pounders for, for a number of reasons. Uh, intensity of the workout. Walking's good for you, running's better for you. Wading's good for you, swimming's better for you. Then the third uh, uh, letter is T, which is for time. Do you uh, work out in the gym for 12 minutes or for 32? Do you run? Now I run by the clock. Uh, so I, I don't know how much I run. I probably run a couple miles, but anyway. How much time do you spend in that exercise? And then the second T is type. Some exercises are more effective than others. Who knows what the single most effective best exercise for the body is? Swimming. Swimming exercises, walking's excellent. If you walk fast, listen, I'm sorry folks, you're not gonna live to be 120 if your idea of a walk is walking down the street like this. power walking. So anyway, uh, if in fact, if you're in good shape, it's almost impossible to walk fast enough to keep your heart rate up. See, I use a, I have a heart rate watch. You better have this different if you expect this evangelist to come back again. <laughs> Fix that. Yeah, we are. We are. Look, I still use paper notes. So anyway, uh, met a woman, her husband was a preacher. He didn't use notes. She bragged, he didn't use notes. There's one time a wind came and blew him away. So he figured, Lord was telling him something, so he just started preaching without notes. But I, I need notes. I, I could talk for 45 minutes, but I, the quality would be minimal. Uh, I just, I'm amazed at people who can sit there and talk for the longest time and have, have good things to say. Jack Capert, one time I heard him preach. You know how profound he is, 45 minutes an hour. To, when he was done, he left his notes on the pulpit, so I snuck up there and I took a look at him. He had four words, one, two, three, four, four words. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I've been meaning to write him, give him some good recommendations, but I haven't had time. So anyway, uh, type. What kind of exercise do you do? Now, dumbbells are, are the best way to lift weights because as you age, you lose your balance. I've, I've lost a lot of my balance. I, I'll never ride a bike again. Nope, I, I won't confess that. If God will give me the strength and faith, I'll ride a bicycle. But I'd be a fool to get on a bike with my current balance. <laughs> so anyway, uh, dumbbells. See, you use both sides of your body, you know. <clears throat> but uh, I, I like to work out at the gym. It's more comfortable. And I've hurt my back some using dumbbells. Not because there's anything intrinsically wrong with lifting dumbbells. But I had somebody, a, a young girl, train me in lifting weights, and she said, we're all adults, like she said, pretend there's a penny in your rear and you're squeezing it when you do your ex. So I tried to do, I hurt my back so bad for six months. I was so disgusted with that girl. So anyway, so I have a belt when I lift weights at home. And, uh, but the important thing is, the effectiveness of your exercise is F times I times T times T. It's a mathematical formula. Frequency times intensity times time times type. So that means if you do it more frequently, you don't have to use as much intensity. If you do it with greater intensity, you don't want to spend as much time. 
If you spend more time, it's not as important what frequency. And then the type gets into the formula. So obviously, if you want to be Olympian champion, you've got to do it frequently with intensity, lots of time and type. So anyway, I realize that prayer is just the same way. Prayer is the same formula. Physical exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of that which now is and of that world which is to come. I forget where that's at. So uh, we're going to make prayer a physical exercise. How many of you agree prayer is, to me, prayer is one of the hardest jobs I do? do does anybody want to agree with me? It's a hard job. My flesh hates prayer, doesn't dislike. My flesh hates prayer. One thing it hates more is probably fasting, but anyway, my flesh doesn't want to pray, so I have to make my flesh pray. I have to crucify it. I have to leave Kathy at the television. I don't care if we're in the middle of a wonderful program and, uh, and go do my, my daily prayers. And that's not the only time I pray, but I, I have some things I pray at night uh, before I go to bed. Uh, so let's talk about these. Thinking of prayer as a physical exercise that also is a spiritual exercise. But you have to use your body to pray. Maybe you can think and pray. I can't think and pray. I, I, I can't pray in the middle of the night. I'm too tired. I try to think holy thoughts, but I don't feel like praying. And uh, so anyway, <laughs> preaching on prayer, let everybody know what a great weakling I am. Well, let the TBN evangelists tell you how strong they are. But I believe his strength is made perfect in my weakness. One reason God had me write that book, there are men who have far greater miracles than me. But God chose me to write that book. Because it's going to encourage you. Because if God can use a nut like me, he can use a fruit like you. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, frequency. How often you pray in a day or how many times you ask God to do a certain thing. Now, I, uh, I usually pray uh, at home four, basically four times a day. That's not my only time. But usually there's the early morning prayer, and then there's, uh, I pray on the way to work, and then I pray on the way back uh, from work, and then before I go to bed. And that other times, of course, you, you pray as a Christian, you, throughout the day, you find yourself asking the Lord for help, or praying, you hear of something, you pray. And many times I've gone down to the sanctuary, and my, I rent, pastor, our church charged me $500 to use an old room that's unused upstairs to have my office. So anyway, but don't, don't say anything. You don't know the pastor, so it's not gossip. But anyway, uh, so I walk down my office and walk around the sanctuary and pray, except I don't do much in the winter because it might be 52 degrees in that sanctuary, freezing cold, so I, but during the summer I can pray there for a while. Uh, how often should you pray? Of course, Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to faint. Well, he obviously didn't mean pray every minute of the day because nobody can do that, but as much as you can. Acts 10, 2 and 4, Cornelius prayed to God always and an angel visited him. Don't be jealous of people you hear had a visitation from an angel. Just spend more time in prayer. Maybe God will... Uh, Give you a angelic visitation. Second Timothy 1.3. Paul prayed night and day for Timothy and prayed without ceasing. He prayed night and day and without ceasing. First Thessalonians 3.10. Paul prayed night and day praying exceedingly. Daniel 6.10. Daniel prayed three times a day. During the election, I sought to pray three times a day. Got on my knees. In fact, I didn't pray. I begged God for Trump to win. I, I begged God. And one of the greatest disappointments of my life, 
was man, a man I loved so much. <laughs> when he became president, my wife said, D, if a man like Trump can become president, there's hope for you. And of course, we didn't love him for his personality and his tweets. He did the most foolish things. But oh, he sure knew how to grow an economy, didn't he? And, and he knew how to get our embassy back in Israel. Hey, by the way, if there are any Democrats here, you're dismissed. But <laughs> <laughs> he uh, moved the, he blessed Israel. And when you bless Israel, you're going to be blessed, right? And, uh, of course, he did a lot of other uh, things that we know were good for him. Building that wall was good for America. Hey, there's a wall around heaven. Duh. Nothing's going to come in that would defile. I pray for the illegals. You know what I pray every day? I said, Lord, let the illegals be here you want to be here and keep the ones out you don't want to be here. Now, some of them, they're going to get gloriously saved. Some of them are going to become pastors. Uh, uh, some of them are going to become doctors. We need more of them, but uh, some of them are going to be rapists and murderers and gangbangers. So... Uh, I'd rather have a wall and have them come in fairly and squarely, but if they're going to be here, God, keep the ones in you want and the ones you don't want. Uh, so, three times a day, what a good idea. Psalms 55, 17, David said, Evening and morning and noon will I pray and cry aloud. Evening, morning, and noon. So, see, we're talking about frequency. It's biblical. You know, we talk about having a devotional time. Yes, you, but don't think of your devotional time as your intercession, intercessory time. Your devotional time is between you and the Lord. Then you have your intercessory time, which is where you pray for everybody else. They're both important. Psalms 1.5 says, Job rose up early in the morning and offered sacrifices for his kids. And he said he, he did this continually. It was an ongoing thing. Getting up early in the morning. Job's 1.5. By the way, virtually every day, I uh, did it again this morning in my motel. I applied the blood to the door. My, and I thought about my daughter and my, my son. He's back east this weekend. And my wife at home, Lord, apply the blood that no plague come near dwelling. And then I say, put a hedge all about us like you did Job's children. But wait a minute, Job's children were killed. Yeah, but the devil couldn't kill him until God allowed him. So, hey, if God wants the devil to kill me, I thank God that he's in control of my life, not the devil. But if and until the devil uh, is able through that work of the Antichrist or whatever to take our lives, I believe there's a hedge all about us. And I claim that. Uh, then Ephesians 6, 19 says, praying with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Hallelujah. And then Philippians 1, 19, I know that this, no, that, let's see, is it 19? Yes, I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Uh, that, that's a neat scripture, because do you think there was ever anybody who knew how to pray better than Paul the Apostle? Yet, he didn't expect his prayers alone to get him out of prison. Think of it. He didn't say, by the way, don't pray one prayer for me. Jesus and I, we got this. One time, a word of faith guy went to my dad's church, and his daughter was uh, dating some sinner or something. And my dad said, well, we'll pray for him. He, he said, oh, I got it covered. Before long, she got pregnant. I'm sorry, we, we need more than just our own personal prayer. Amen? Paul needed the church to pray for I need you to pray for me. I'm going to ask you at the end of the service if you'll become an intercessor. I hope some of you do. If all you do is say, bless thee, I receive it. Of course, I'd like to have intercessors who pray. In fact, I sent out a thing to all my supporters asking them to pray 50 seconds a day for me until my 50th wedding anniversary for about a month. And I think five people wrote back and said they'd do it. Prayer is hard for today's society. It really is. And uh, so anyway, uh, 
Paul needed their prayers. I need your prayers. Your pastor needs your prayer. Don't think just because he's maybe the most spiritual person in town that he doesn't need your prayer. He probably needs your prayer more for that very reason. Of course, Donna needs prayer that she doesn't backslide. So pray for them both. (laughs) Here's my definition of prayer. Prayer is asking God to do the same thing over and over and over again until he does it, they die, or you die. I read a faith teacher said, if you pray for something more than once, no, if you pray for something three times, you pray twice in unbelief. Well, I can show you a place where Jesus prayed the same exact prayer for three times. Poor old Jesus, if he had only read that faith book, he'd know he didn't need to pray three times. He prayed three times, let this cup pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That isn't vain repetition to say the same prayer over and over. That isn't vain. That's not the Harry Krishna, har, har, har. That's not like that. It's, it's showing your faith. Lord, I am here again, and I ask you to do this. Um, uh, I stand on your promise in Jesus' name. Another thing you need to know about prayer. Prayer is accumulative. Listen very carefully. Revelation 5.8 says that there is a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayer of the saints. Now, a bowl has a finite volume. So the clear inference is our prayers just keep accumulating, accumulating, accumulating. And then the day comes when they pour out on earth. Hallelujah. And I believe... You read my book. I believe in these last days, all these prayers for our backslidden children, all these prayers for long-term illness, and the, all these prayers for revival, they're suddenly going to be poured out with fire. In that same chapter, an angel took fire. No, maybe it's the next chapter. And he, th- with the prayers, threw it down to earth. Fiery revival. How exciting. Say this. Prayer is accumulative. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Acts 2. 10.4 says, your prayers have come up for a memorial before God. So just because your prayers haven't been answered yet doesn't mean they aren't being heard and that the answer isn't on its way. The Bible doesn't say how long Cornelius prayed, but his prayers came up for a memorial before God. The day came when he sent Peter. He couldn't take it anymore. He said, Peter, go there and help Cornelius. Hebrews 6.12 says, through faith and patience, we inherit the promise. Faith is part of the picture, absolutely. But it says, with prayer and, uh, with faith and patience. And that's where many of us fail. We just don't have patience enough to keep praying. Okay, that's frequency. Nobody's going to stand before God in judgment and the Lord's going to say, you did such a good job except you prayed too much. Why did you waste that much time? (laughs) Now let's talk about intensity. Intensity is praying loudly, praying fervently, banging on the doors of heaven, pacing the floor, making every minute count. And uh, I used to do that. I used to pray so fervently. But now, uh, because of my uh, exhaustion, uh, my prayers are usually whispers. I don't like that. I would rather go, God Almighty, for by the hours I've walked around churches much of a day, praying in tongues, pulling down strongholds, praying. Oh, I'd like to have the energy to do that again. By the grace of God, I will. But until then... I usually whispering prayers, but God sees the heart. You know, you may not be intense on the outside, but you can be intense on the inside. You know, sometimes Kathy doesn't raise her voice at me, but I know her well enough to know she's screaming at me inside. (laughs) 
Colossians 4.12, Epaphras was always laboring fervently for you in prayer. You know, we better pray with greater intensity now. Think of it, a God bless America once a day kept America blessed for centuries. That isn't enough anymore. You better pray more than that about America. I pray for Biden every day. I didn't vote for him. I won't vote for him again. But I pray he doesn't get Alzheimer's. I pray that he won't be assassinated. I pray for his health. I pray for the Lord to give him wisdom. I pray for the Lord to put it in his heart to, to make decisions that are right for the church and for America. I pray for AOL every day. AOC, I should say. Uh, and uh, I don't like her in the natural. So I have to, I felt like I had to pray for her. You know, we're supposed to love people. And so I've, I've got to pray for her. I pray for the Lord to save her. I pray for the Lord to put in her heart to vote uh, the things that will help America and help the church. It's our existence now we're praying about. It's not a matter of praying for your son. Lord, he's got a cold. Bless him today. If the doctor said he's got terminal cancer, he's got two weeks to live, you'd pray a little more intensity, wouldn't you? Yes. And so, folks, pray with intensity for America. Luke 22, 44, Jesus being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as great drops of blood. By the way, there really is a uh, physical infirmity that you actually can uh, sweat blood through your pores. I forget what it's called. but uh, So Jesus was in agony because he was about to die. Well, America's about to die unless revival hits and God uh, changed things around. So pray with greater intensity. In Luke 11, 5, 8, Jesus told the parable of a man asking his neighbor for bread at midnight. And Jesus said the man would give him the bread because of his, King James Version, importunity. Most translations say persistence. But the Vines Expository Dictionary of Greek New Testament terms says it means, listen to this, shameless persistence. Shameless persistence. Jesus explains that there are three levels of prayer in Luke 11, 9 through 13. He says, ask and it shall be given unto you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Asking is the lowest level. Sinners ask God. When I was a sinner, meet a cute girl, I say, oh God, please let this be my girlfriend. And uh, asking. Then seeking is the high. Ask and it shall be given unto you, seek and you shall find. Seek is when you are really spending time Effort, time, devotion, it's important to you. You're seeking it. But the highest level is knocking. See, asking shows desire, John 15, 17. What's everything you desire when you pray? Believe you receive them? Nope, nope, that's uh, Mark's uh, 11, uh, 22 through 24. John 15, 7, if it, my words abide in you and you'll, you abide in me, you'll ask what you will and it shall be done. Then seeking shows diligence. Hebrews 11.6 says he's your rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if you haven't found it yet, you must not be seeking diligently enough. By the way, I had my brain pills and I forgot to take them for the service. Am I doing okay though, Pastor? Good. But then knocking shows desperation. You're pounding on the door of heaven, unwilling to leave until the door is open, like Jacob not letting the angel go till he blessed him. I was in the Phoenix airport. I used to carry around a big Bible with me. Now I don't for several reasons. For one thing, I carry so many things in my case. Uh, but I, I don't need it because I have the Bible app, which is just wonderful. And uh, I use that for my devotional reading and when I look up scriptures and stuff like that.
So anyway, uh, but that was before I had the Bible app, and I always carried my big, and I mean, it's a huge Bible because it's got uh, margin, wide margin for notes. So anyway, and I had notes in it for years. So I'm in the Phoenix airport. I got on my plane, and I'm starting to walk to uh, either on my next uh, flight or whatever, and all of a sudden it hit me. I left my Bible on that plane. I'd put it under the seat, you know. Oh, no, I ran back as fast as I could. These days, they'd stop you, but this is before 9-11, I think. And I ran down the aisle and uh, the, the jetway, and the door was already closed. I banged on the door, and uh, the uh, flight attendant opened it up, and I said, oh, sorry, sir, but I left something on this plane. He said, I'm sorry, but we can't. I said, but sir, it's worth $1,000. And it is. I wouldn't sell it for $1,000. Maybe not $10,000 or $100,000. I have to think, well, cool, $100,000 I could show. Well, anyway. <laughs> Give it to the highest bidder here today all my secrets inside that book. I said, it's worth $1,000. He said, well, it'll probably cost us a thousand to do this because, you know, they've got to take off on time and they get fined by the FAA. So I went down among all these smiling people and there it was where I left it and proudly walked out of that plane. You know why more people don't knock? It ain't worth a thousand dollars to them. It ain't worth a dime. And that's why the church is... So poverty bound. We gotta get serious about prayer. Knock on the door of heaven. Hallelujah. And I'm gonna start doing that, my Indian evangelist. I'm gonna knock on the door of heaven to find the answer to my exhaustion by the grace of God. Now I don't mind getting older and wrinkly, more wrinkly face, but I do mind not having the energy. Luke eleven. Five. Now, Lord, in case I confess something that's going to hurt, add more wrinkles. Forgive me, I don't want more wrinkles. Luke 11, 5 through 8. Jesus told the parable of him. Okay, I already said that. Okay, I'm down to T. Time. The very nature of prayer necessitates an investment of quality time. Prayer equals Time in God's presence. Ideally, you're on your knees alone in your prayer. That's the ideal. But you could be driving down the road and, and enter into his presence through prayer. Prayer is time in God's presence. Jack Hayford, when I was in college, told, me about, told us, the whole class, about a man who had a big prayer list. And he put it on the wall, and then every day he'd say, there it is, Lord. <laughs> but uh, time, how much time should we spend in, in prayer? There was a time in my life when I spent an hour and a half a day, every day in prayer, over a two-year period. I was much younger and more disciplined, more energy. And uh, if I was busy and couldn't pray an hour and a half, I made myself pray three hours the next day. It was a very difficult, difficult discipline. But I thank God I had the energy at the time. And uh, I believe it's important to spend time in prayer. Luke 18, 1, Jesus said, I don't play, pray by the clock anymore for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'll feel guilty if I don't pray long enough. And number two, I'll feel proud if I pray a long time. So... <laughs> Boy, this Christian life's a balance, isn't it? Luke 18, 1, men ought always to pray and not to faint, never give up. Luke 18, 7, shall not God avenge his own elect who cry day and night? It says he'll avenge them speedily. See, that's a method of God. You pray about stuff for years. You get sick and tired of praying. You get discouraged. But the Lord has chosen to wait, and then one day, suddenly, he says, okay, there's your answer. How many have had that happen many times? Sure. Was it something I said? Please don't go. I, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. She'll, she'll come back. Let that be a warning to your will, in case you have to leave. Uh, 
1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. And again, you can't pray 24 hours a day, but once you start praying, don't stop. Till prayer is answered, they die or you die. Now, I, I have such a long list that I have to take people off from time to time, especially when they never take time to email me or let me know what's going on. I figure, well, I'll pray for somebody who believes in my prayers more. Uh, for instance, I've been praying for somebody. I was hoping they would come to this one of these services. I'd pray for them. They didn't, so I took their name off my list. And I, Please, that might sound like lovelessness, but I'm only human. I only do so much. And I have a big, long list. Let, let me just show you how I pray. Uh, I, I, I do not consider myself an intercessor. I'm too selfish. I am not an intercessor. That's not my gift. I admire intercessors. People can pray by the hour. I've had people tell me, I'm fasting for you today. Wow. I can't believe that. They got up in the night. You were on my, I got up and I prayed for you. Intercessions amaze me. So I do not have the gift of intercession. I do not consider myself an intercessor, but guess what? I intercede. I intercede because the Bible teaches it, and because I don't want any of these people to go to hell, I don't want them to die of cancer, I want to the uh, uh, politicians I'm praying for to make wise decisions. So uh, I have this list, and all you have to do, you put it on your notes, case you, on your notes, there it is, and you type them in, and there they are. So anyway, and I can just go right down through it. Uh, there, of course, are short prayers, very short prayers for m most of them. But remember, frequency is part of the formula. Pray for somebody every day. You say, protect D every day. That's like saying 365 times, protect D, protect D, protect D, protect D. Imagine praying for anybody a short prayer, 365 times nonstop. Well, that's, that's why those short prayers add up. But I, I hope you'll add a few more things like keep him, strength, strengthen him, guide him, fill his calendar, provide for him financially, things like that. Okay. 1 Samuel 12, 23, God forbid that I should sin against heaven and ceasing to pray for you. We sin by not praying for certain people. The Bible says pray for all of those in, in authority. If you prayed for Trump, easy to do, because he was such a fun president. We went to his rally in Anaheim. It was so much fun. And then you come out, and here's these people, threatening looks and these signs. But anyway, uh, so, uh, but... It's a sin to not pray for Biden just because he's doing so many things we Christians disagree with. So we need to pray for him. Matthew 26, 41. What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Now, legalists has, have made that to say you need to pray at least an hour a day. That, it, he, that isn't saying that. Though a, an hour a day would be a fabulous thing for Americans. Though uh, David Yonggi Cho who, who uh, is a great prayer warrior, he said, anybody who writes a book on prayer who doesn't at least pray two hours a day is a hypocrite. Of course, uh, that's a, that may be true in Korean culture, but certainly not in American culture. Acts 3, 1, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. Luke 6, 12, Jesus spent all night in prayer. And by the way, it's interesting because that was just before he appointed his disciples. So it was very important that he hear from Father, those 12 apostles. And by the way, the Father wanted him to appoint Judas. So if you serve God and you pray and bad things happen, you're in good company. Uh, Acts 12, 5, Peter was in prison, so prayer was made without ceasing unto God for Peter. It was without ceasing. And God sure answered that prayer in the middle of the night. He was released from prison by an angelic visitation. 
1 Kings 17, 21, Elijah stretched himself on the child three times and cried out to the Lord. Three times he laid his body on a dead child. Three times. Most Christians never laid their body on the dead anything by faith. But he did it three times and God answered it. 1 Kings 18, 42 through 44, Elijah put his face between his knees and prayed, and he sent a servant seven times. Seven times. Kept praying for rain. Kept praying for rain. Finally, there was a, a cloud, a sign, the prayer was answered. So, F-I-T-T, frequency, intensity, and time. There, there is no pill that can take the place of physical exercise. Don't waste your money on it. Somebody says they found it. And there is no gospel that can take the place of earnest prayer that requires frequency, intensity, and time. And then finally, the last point. And this is something, don't look at it now, but we gave you how to pray the word. And uh, I believe this is one of the most important truths I've learned, partly from people, partly from experience, partly from the word, partly from the Lord. And as I said, I I. I, I uh, confession is probably a great weakness in my life, but what I do is I pray the word. And here's how I do it. Uh, when I pray for my children, for instance, I'll, I'll pray over them. Uh, Pour out your spirit on my seed and your blessing on my offspring, Isaiah 44, 3. Lord, you said, Isaiah, all your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Teach my children your way. Let their peace be great. Uh, Galatians 5.22 is the fruit of the Spirit, so I'll pray the fruit of the Spirit into their life. Give him your love, your joy, your peace, your long-suffering, your gentleness, your goodness, your faithfulness, your meekness, your self-control. Then I'll pray uh, Acts 17 and 18. Lord, uh, let let them prophesy and see visions. Help Kathy me to be dream, dream dreams. See, I'm praying the word. And how I thank God for years I spent memorizing verses. I wrote them out on me to pray the word. I had already memorized so many. So here's five reasons in closing of why you need to pray the word. Number one, it adds faith to your prayer. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear the word of God, it is giving you faith and helping you to pray with greater faith. The Bible says whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. But if you have trouble believing it, then you need to let the word of God become the support to help your faith be increased. Quoting the word as you pray feeds your faith, and it's your faith that assures your answer. Secondly, it brings confidence your prayers are working. 1 John 5, 18 and 19, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us, and if we know he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we ask of him. Instead of hoping and praying, please do it, Lord. You pray with authority because you're praying what the Word says. It's, it's God's will revealed. Then, thirdly, it teaches you how to pray. The very essence of prayer is laying claim to what is our right and privilege as God's children. We are heirs of God and join heirs with Christ, Romans 8, 17. And the Word shows the quality of life that we and others should live. Romans 5, 17 says... Uh, Therefore, uh, okay, who, who can remember Romans 5, 17? We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Is that, is that it? Oh, boy. Okay, Lord. I pray for the day I won't have to take brain pills. Okay. Uh, five, no, no, I, I was it's 519 I was looking for. 519. What does five, Romans 5.19 say? No, that, that isn't it. Okay, Lord, I apologize. Okay, 
Well, I only did that one time in a sermon where I quoted many scriptures, so that's not too bad. Look, I, I thank you for your patience. I've got to look this up. I pray it most days. Lord, help me. Okay, many days. Okay, let's go to Romans. See, I'd have to flip through the Bible, but instead I go right up here to Romans. I go to chapter 5, and I go to... Okay, here it is. It is verse 17. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through one. When you were quoting a different translation, I, I missed it, Shannon. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one. So, see, we have to receive the abundance of grace. We have to receive by faith the gift of righteousness and we reign in life through Jesus Christ and he is the incarnated word. And, and we're supposed to be living this heavenly lifestyle. That's why we pray, Matthew 16, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But many people, that's all they do. They say, Thy will be done, and they think it's just totally in the hands of God. It's not. That's why we pray. So much of it is in our hands. God's waiting for us to establish His will on the earth. Thy will be done is, is a command. It's a confession, not just, oh, God, please, your will be done. Something we claim. Uh, I pray often over myself and others that you might stand perfect and complete in all the will of God, Romans 4, 12. And uh, so we claim these. I'm, on, I'm at war on sickness, so I pray Psalms 91, 10. In Exodus 23, 25, over my family regularly. Then fourthly, it makes prayer interesting and stimulating. Prayer can be boring to the natural man. But the word of God is inspired of God. It's God-breathed. Foolish men who lust after women and will, will go to hell because they think women are the most fabulous thing in the universe. It's a lie that anything is more fabulous than God. God is the most fabulous thing in the universe. And the word of God was God breathe. Think of it. This is the breath of God. And, and it's a quickening power to our life. And it assists you in prayer. Boy, when I look at a verse, it so builds my faith for me to pray it. And then uh, finally, the word reminds us of our duty and responsibility in prayer. God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. So how do you know what your prayer assignments are that the Lord expects you to fulfill? Here's one simple way. Ask yourself, if I knew I was going to die one year from today, well, God forbid, what prayers would I be praying daily until then? Think about it. What are the things that are most important to happen in the next year if you knew that's the only time you had to pray? Write them down. See, I've, I've had to write down all these people. There's no way I could remember all of them. And let those be the prayers you say daily so you don't sin against the Lord. Okay, Father, I know this wasn't the fun sermons I usually preach, but this is a spiritual church, and they're big enough, strong enough to just take gobs of meat jammed down their throat. But, oh, God, make this meat be turned through their di spiritual digestive system into protein and then into energy. Father God, Lord, I don't perfectly practice what I preach, but, Lord, you know I'm striving. And, Lord, I pray you'll help each one here to begin to pray more frequently, to determine the best ways to do that to pray with greater intensity, to spend more time in prayer and determine which types of prayer are most important. We talked about praying in tongues last night. Today we're talking about praying in the Word. There's all kinds of prayer, but oh God, help them to incorporate if they aren't already to pray the Word. Hallelujah. And while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, nobody look around, just real quickly, 
See if there's any needs here. Uh, okay, the Word of God tells us that uh, be ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready? If you were killed in a car accident on the way home, God forbid, are you ready? If Christ breaks through the clouds of glory now, will you be found in him without spot or wrinkle or any such thing? Are you ready to go to heaven? And if there's any doubt about it, you need to repent. If any of you are living in sin, you're regularly getting drunk, Oh, but just on Saturday nights, the drunkard shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If you use God's name regularly when you're working and hit yourself or get mad, the Bible says, he will not hold him guilty who takes the name of the Lord God in vain. If you're sleeping with someone you're not married to, the Bible says, the fornicator shall not inherit the kingdom of God and the adulterer shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You're on your way to hell unless you repent. If you are here and you've never been baptized, you're disobeying the Lord. The Bible says repent and be baptized. That's a command, not a suggestion. Tell the pastor over the service I need to get baptized. Tell the pastor, pray for me. I, I need to give up alcohol. Pray. Let the pastor pray for you. There's a fornication or adultery in my life. I repent. I want to serve God. In Jesus' name, do whatever you have to do. But don't let me come back in a year or two and have the pastor report something terrible happened to you because you didn't repent and you weren't serving the Lord. God bless your people. Bless everyone here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, everybody, look up. I remind you, uh, if, if you want my book on miracles, uh, order it. Tell me, and I'll uh, send it to you. You can pay me now or pay me later. Got You give credit cards. Uh, I need to get rid of those four books, okay? So somebody buy them. If you don't want to pay $10, give me whatever you want. I need to get rid of them. Uh, the pastor gave me permission to do this. Uh, most of you have been here when I did this. When I launched in the full-time evangelistic field, the Lord revealed to me I would not make enough from love offerings alone to be a full-time evangelist, and it was true. If I had to depend on full-time evan, uh, if I had to depend on offerings, I, I couldn't be a national evangelist. So He gave me a plan. If ever I heard from God, I heard from God on this. To in each church where the pastor let me to encourage people to give seven dollars a month my ministry. Of course, with inflation, that's probably $10 a month now, but I'm tickled with seven. And by getting a few supporters who send at least $7 a month to my ministry each month, you can do it by mail or you can do it now through PayPal. They take that out every month. You don't have to give it a second thought. And by those offerings coming in, that's what paid my airfare here. That's what paid for my rental car. That's what paid for my food, except when the Pastors graciously took me out, and the church is paying for my motel, which maybe one church a year will offer to pay for my motel, and I'm grateful for that. This church is very generous to, towards my ministry. But because others aren't, that's why I need you not only to give a generous love offering today, but if you haven't done it, some of you used to, but you don't anymore, free pledge. Get on my list, and let me send you my newsletter, either in the mail or digitally. Fill it out. If you want to give by PayPal, I need your email address and I'll send you directions. Uh, fill all that out and give it to me before you leave or put it in my blue envelope back there whereas you also put your money for your books. And then this is tax deductible. I'll send you out a tax receipt if you want at the end of the year. Any questions about how that operates? Okay, uh, you know, we've had everybody here before. Uh, uh, Will, do you need prayer for anything? Are you, do you need a healing, for instance? Or are you in good health? Uh, are, you, are you in good health? Or do you by any chance need healing of anything? Okay, can I pray for you? Okay, come on up. Okay, what do you need the Lord to touch in your body? 
Or is it something spiritual? Or both? Okay, okay, a little bit of both. Uh, you're his mom. What should I pray for his physical healing? Okay. Father, you said that you came to free us from sin and from Satan. Lord, I ask you to heal his broken heart, bind up his wounds, restore his soul. Are you dedicated to the Lord or do you need to rededicate yourself? Hallelujah. Lord, you hear that? Heal his broken heart. Bind up his wounds. Lord, he made wrong choices. Everyone here has. But God, redeem him from these choices. I command every demonic power that put him in bondage. Loose him in Jesus' name and for his glory. Heal, deliver, strengthen. Oh, God Almighty, we take back every territory of the enemy. Strengthen him with might in the inner man. Every evil influence out in Jesus' name for his glory. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you, son. Praise the Lord. But anyway, uh, what I will do is I'll be at that table to take your money. And uh, if you want further prayer or counsel, be patient. I'll, I'll spend some time with you. But I've already prayed for most everybody here. Uh, Thank you for coming out each service. Thank you for, uh, for your support and prayer. I, I feel pretty good even after preaching almost an hour. Forgive me for preaching so long, uh, but uh, I knew you guys were spiritual enough to take it. So uh, I'll let you close, say whatever you want, and I'll be at the back. There's food. If you want to order some books, let me know. Pray for me when you think of me. Add me to your prayer list. Remember, one little blessed D every day is a big prayer. Amen. Oh, we didn't give everybody these. Okay, I'll, listen. Oh, one more thing. If you want to receive my daily teachings via the email, or you used to take them, you don't get them anymore, sign up again. Okay. Now, like I say, you don't have to put any money in. If you want to, put your offering in there. If you... Uh, if you don't want to pledge anything, fine. But if you want to get my a, a newsletter, give me your email address. This is just to help communicate. God bless. <laughs>